the FT. This week, two developments have brought hope to the Syrian-Turkish border town of Kobani, which has for weeks been under siege by fighters from the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, known as ISIS. The U.S. carried out airdrops of arms, ammunition and medicine to help the town's Kurdish defenders, and Turkey, under international and internal pressure, lifted its ban on Iraqi Kurdish fighters crossing its territory to help their fellow Kurds in the town in Syria. I'm Fiona Simon, a digital editor at the FT, and on the line with me to discuss the latest developments in the war against ISIS is our Middle East correspondent, Borzu Daragahi. Hi, Borzu. What's the situation in Kobani today compared to a week ago? Well, it does seem that the uh, tide has turned somewhat, and the Syrian Kurdish fighters, uh, reinforced by this airdrop of military equipment and medical equipment, and potentially by new uh, recruits from other parts of Iraqi and Syrian Kurdistan, are making some headway against ISIS. You've also had a tremendous increase in the number of U.S.-led airstrikes on ISIS positions in and around Kobani. And the people that we've talked to, the, the fighters that we've spoken to inside Kobani and who had just left Kobani, were much more buoyed by the developments on the battleground. New positions had been retaken. The ISIS uh, fighters had taken tremendous losses. According to the U.S. officials, hundreds of ISIS fighters have been killed as this organization has sought to really throw everything it could at this city in an effort to win, and it is not winning. And it could be a very big symbolic defeat for ISIS if they are not able to take control of the city. How have the fighters from ISIS responded I think that, you know, it's hard to uh, determine exactly what they're doing on the ground. But one of the things that we're hearing on the ground is that they're throwing more inexperienced fighters into this battle as their more experienced fighters have either been killed or are fighting in different battlegrounds in Iraq and Syria. So people who are a little bit less adept at fighting and the ISIS fighters have not been able to use their favorite strategies, which is to surround an enemy position, begin lobbing mortars at it, and then launch... uh, suicide bombs at that position, followed by uh, truck-mounted guns opening fire on the position, followed by sort of invading and swarming. They've not been able to do that in large part because of the coalition airstrikes, as well as the determination of these Kurdish fighters to defend their ground. Just reading some of their commentary and listening to what they've been saying, they're saying that we're going to defend the city until the last fighter, until the last bullet, and even at that point, we're going to strap on uh, suicide bombs and kill as many of these ISIS fighters as we can, even when there's nothing uh, left for us to do and no ability to fight back. That's how determined they are. They are as uh, determined to maintain control of Kobani as ISIS, if not more willful. Is there any sign that reinforcements from their fellow Iraqi Kurds have begun to get through? There have not yet been signs that these reinforcements have arrived. There's been no indication yet. Although, more likely than not, they have been sneaking in through the Turkish border and through other parts of Syria into Kobani. I think that And this is speculating a little bit, but it's quite well-informed speculation. There are a lot of fighters who belong to the branch of the Kurdish nationalist movement known as the PKK, uh, which is allied with the PYD, uh, which is now in control of the city of Kobani. And I think that there are a lot of those PKK fighters in Iraq. And, you know, it's not so hard to go to the local bazaar and get a um, Kurdish Peshmerga patch to put over your PKK patch and then make your way over to uh, 
Kobani because the Kurdish Peshmerga themselves, they're also fighting ISIS and they're not really in too strong of a position to be dispatching uh, fighters that are any good over to Syria. I also understand that there have been developments in eastern Syria that ISIS has made some headway there. Yeah, indeed. And this is one of the big challenges of the effort against ISIS. You're in danger of getting into a game of whack-a-mole. So the ISIS fighters are losing in Kobani, and they divert some resources towards Aleppo or Deir Ezzur, where in recent days, actually, uh, ISIS has managed to take control of areas that it has not controlled in months. Also, in uh, uh, far western Iraq, near the city of Sinjar, listeners may remember this was where you had this uh, Yazidi minority that was nearly wiped out by ISIS just a few months ago. This was what prompted the U.S. airstrikes. ISIS has been making progress in and around Sinjar as well. And so this is the great big challenge of fighting this group. They seem to be very adept when they're losing in one area. They seem to be very good at redeploying their resources towards other battles. What about the other key battlefront west of Baghdad? What are the latest developments there? Nothing good, really. ISIS continues to make progress in terms of seizing territory. It's a slow fight. They're now in danger of taking control of an area called Amariyat Fallujah, which is just to the south of the city of Fallujah that has long been under government control. The real prize, however, will be Ramadi, the battle for Ramadi. There are many, many resources being uh, diverted to Ramadi by both ISIS and the Iraqi government. And that's going to be a very gargantuan fight there for for this city. It is the capital of Anbar province. And once and if ISIS manages to take control of Ramadi, you're going to have some real troubles for Baghdad because they're going to have this whole province at their disposal and no one putting pressure on them at their back and they can start moving east towards Baghdad. In Baghdad itself, you've had some just horrific incidents as either ISIS fighters or Sunni insurgents allied with ISIS have pummeled Shia civilians in parts of Baghdad with horrible attacks. Uh, Let me give you one example. There is a Shia mosque in the uh, Sinek uh, market in the center of Baghdad that we've written about before, which is a model of uh, Iraq's uh, uh, sectarian unity amid all of this tension and conflict. And a suicide bomber uh, went up to the guard that was guarding this mosque, shot him dead, pushed his way past into the mosque, killed the imam of the mosque and another worshiper with a handgun, and then promptly blew himself up, killing 15 more worshippers inside this mosque and injuring maybe 27 others. I mean, this is the kind of determination and extreme violence these groups are willing to uh, revert to. This sort of horrific thing has been happening again and again in Baghdad to Shia civilians. Now, what this does is that it pushes the Shia civilians to more extreme behaviors on their part. And so this cycle of violence continues. They join militias or support Shia militias that then go out in revenge and abduct Sunni civilians torture them, kill them, and dump their bodies on the side of the road, thereby creating more recruits for ISIS and other like-minded groups. Of course, another key development this week was the naming of interior and defense ministers in Iraq, one of whom was a Sunni. Do you think that is going to have a positive effect? I think it'll, it'll have a positive effect in that Iraq has not had interior or defense ministers for four years. These were positions assumed by Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi's predecessor, Nouri Maliki. 
And the fact that these positions are filled is a good step. By tradition, the defense minister in Iraq since the U.S.-led invasion in 2003 has been a Sunni. So I don't think that that in itself will placate anyone. Both of them are rather unknown. Now, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe it'll give them the flexibility to make some needed reforms in both institutions. Tellingly, immediately after Haider Abadi formed this cabinet, he was granted an audience with Iraqi Shia's most powerful and highest-ranking cleric, the Ayatollah Ali al-Sistani. He went to Najaf and met with him. Now, this was the first time that Sistani had met with a senior Iraqi leader in four years, effectively giving Haider Abadi his blessing. And then, immediately after that, uh, within hours, really, Haider al-Abadi got on an airplane and headed to Tehran. Uh, That's where he is right now. And he met with the president of Iran, Hassan Rouhani, and the supreme leader of Iran, Ali Khamenei, who considers himself God's representative on earth. And so this kind of political and religious support for Haider al-Abadi's government can't but help him if he needs to implement tough reforms, if he needs to purge various ministries of uh, corrupt and incompetent officials. And so in that sense, you know, having a defense minister, whether he's Sunni or Shia or not, doesn't make that much of a difference. But in the sense that the government is complete and Haider al-Abadi has strengthened his mandate to rule, in that sense, it's a positive development for Iraq. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.